Hey, it's Josiah. Before we get started with this episode, I have something very special to share with you. You know, we've delved deep into what it means to be an Enneagram 5 together for the past few years, especially with our friend of the show, Sam Greenberg, or as many of you know her, the Enneagram expert. And now we want to go even deeper with you. We've worked together with Sam to craft an online workshop exclusively for type 5s to help you unlock the secrets of connection with every Enneagram type. This is not just another generic workshop. It's a deep dive into understanding and nurturing relationships tailored specifically for your unique perspective. Imagine getting practical, actionable insights on connecting with each of the nine Enneagram types all through the lens of a type five. Sam's going to guide you on how to build meaningful relationships, sharing strategies and insights specifically designed for fives. I've seen firsthand how Sam's insights can transform understanding and communication. And I'm so excited to partner with her to bring this exclusive workshop to you. Whether you're looking to deepen current relationships or navigate new ones, this workshop is a game changer for fives seeking genuine connection. Spots are limited, and trust me, you don't want to miss this. So head over to Enneagram5.com connection to secure your place and begin your journey towards richer, more authentic connections. Once again, go to Enneagram5.com connection or visit the link in the description to get your ticket to the workshop today. Okay, so Cody, yeah, are aliens real? I've always said maybe, but now I say maybe, but with more enthusiasm. So in preparation for this conversation, I had Cody watch a bunch of UFO documentaries and videos. Yeah. And it might seem a little strange that we're talking about this on an Enneagram 5 podcast. There is a method to my madness of why I wanted to have this conversation. Uh, because there's this is true of all of the head types. And I feel like we have our own unique flavor of it being fives, but we can really over rely on our rational mind. We sort of elevate it to this place where it's almost superhuman and like infallible. And, um, or at least we like to tell ourselves that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the challenge with that is often how we, perceive things in our rational mind doesn't line up with our lived experiences. And so we're left to reconcile that. And it is not always pretty. Yeah, it's a mess. (laughs) Completely chaotic and leaves all kinds of pain in its wake, really. Anything in life that isn't tangible in front of your face and you choose to try to believe in something or have faith in something that isn't there is uh, really hard for a five. And you always want to ask all the hard questions and everybody hates you for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that the UFO topic is really timely because of everything that's going on now. But I wanted to walk through how I got to this point and how I got to where I was making you watch uh, all this stuff. Yeah, because it was before this kind of worldwide conversation is happening right now about it. Yeah, it, so for context. It was back when it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and you were still more crazy now right. for talking about I it. I know. I'm not one of those UFO people. 
<laughs> I, I would say no. I don't. I, I you don't have tin foil on your I, head. I ignore like ninety percent of it. Yeah, because most of it is it's crazy. But when I was a kid, I I was super into aliens. I've talked about that a little bit. I, I watched the show Roswell. Is it in like middle school and was? I don't remember this. I, I love the idea of there being other intelligent life out there, and because to me it presented limitless possibilities on what reality could mean. And even as like a nine-year-old, I was thinking about that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And so I always liked the idea of it, but I could never let myself go down the path of quote unquote true believer or any of that stuff. Right. And I'm still not at that point. And I want to definitely make a distinction between <laughs> aliens and UFOs or UAPs for this conversation. But well, yeah, because UFOs at this point, it's kind of hard to argue that there's something going on. Okay. So let's, let's walk through that. So I was definitely a skeptic and I remember kind of over the years, I would read something here or there, watch something here or there. Like I remember, for instance, um, it had to have been eight or 10 years ago. I read an article about how there was this unspoken reality pilots, like commercial pilots and military pilots, that they see things on a regular basis. They don't talk about it because it was a topic of ridicule and mm. it could end your career. But the reality is so many of these pilots were seeing things. Right. That just defied their understanding of flight and crafts and all of that. Gravity and <laughs> <laughs> right? reality. So I, and I remember reading that. And it's weird that that always, that little things like that would stick with me. Yeah. Where I couldn't take it and put it up on a shelf. I was like, mm -hmm. that's really interesting. I'll come back to that later because I feel like that's going to be important at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. And then last year with the pandemic, it really just disrupted my world in so many ways. But one of them was, I remember, we'll back up a little bit, because in, in 2017, what happened was, and this is really what was the first step to bringing this conversation mainstream, mm -hmm. was that the New York Times broke the story of three videos that were taken by military aircraft they had on radar they had like so it wasn't just it wasn't just visual it was their instruments these highly precision instruments that were picking up objects that defied the laws of everything they knew about aircraft right and i remember when that came out where i was at in my life i had just left my job just found out we were having our second kid we were living in my in-laws basement and there was a lot going on for me so i didn't really give it much mental energy, but I sort of started paying attention a little bit more. And then in May, I believe it was last year, beginning of May, 2020, the Pentagon confirmed that those videos were authentic. They didn't come out and say, yes, these are UFOs and we're taken by military personnel. They're not doctored. They, we, we don't know what they are. Yeah. We don't have any reasonable explanation for them. And that's when I was like, wait, the timing of it was really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. That they would come out and say this in the middle of everything else that was going on. Like, why would they come out at that point? And I started at looking into it and asking questions. And the thing about being a five is you can't leave things alone. <laughs> like, right. And so I, yeah. I couldn't just like once I started pulling that thread, I couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. And I just went down a deep deep rabbit hole you're like jim carrey in the number 23 <laughs> i actually have not seen that what yeah, oh I man i know he it's basically goes crazy because he gets obsessed with the number 23 that's the, the whole movie well you know <laughs> and 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 the other thing is we're really good at connecting dots that most other people can't 
right. and putting things together. And honestly, that sounds like a conspiracy theorist. And so part of me wonders if we're more susceptible to that kind of thing. Where's your wall of yarn? <laughs> right. <laughs> but the other thing about it, though, is I could also still separate myself from it. I, it was more like a, a really fun and interesting thought experiment. And it was a, mm. it was a form of escapism for me as well, because sure. I wanted to be distracted from all of the craziness that was going on and, you know, being trapped in a two bedroom apartment with two toddlers and a pregnant wife and the anxiety around having a baby in the middle of a pandemic and everything with my business that was going downhill and like just super stressful. Right. This was a great way to distract myself from all of that. And I went in deep, man. I've watched hundreds, if not over a thousand hours, probably of <laughs> this kind of stuff and read yeah. all kinds of articles and books and things. And you and your brother. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so it's, so it's been interesting to me because I started down this path a year ago and it's one of those things where when it's all kind of theoretical, it's fun to kind of sit and watch and just observe and look for clues. Like, is there any evidence that any of this stuff is actually happening? Right. And there are people they call them insiders, right. That say this, this, and this is going to happen. And then it's really interesting when you start seeing those things happen, <laughs> <laughs> That's what like, and this whole thing has really just broken my brain. Yeah. Because if you follow that through, first of all, let's just get rid of all of the garbage, right? Let's just focus on the fact that this has most recently, the, the big thing that really brought it into the mainstream conversation is the feature on 60 Minutes, right? Yeah. And so if we just focus on that for a minute, what they're saying, you know, a lot of people get caught up on the videos. It's easy to come up with all these theories trying to debunk the videos. Mm -hmm. What's more compelling to me is the eyewitness testimonies of people who are very credible, who are professionally trained observers, who know how aircraft, like what it's capable of and what it's not capable of. And then the things that they're describing, and it's not just the videos too, it's they're picking things up on radar and all of these other sensors that don't make sense. And so, for example, they've observed them going like 13 to 14,000 miles an hour. They're doing... Really? Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. They're doing six to 700 Gs, which 10 to 15 would tear our aircraft apart. Right. They're doing high speed right angle turns. They're breaking the sound barrier without any kind of sound. They're seamlessly Wait, how do you how do they break the sound barrier? Like they're going sound? faster than the sound barrier, but they're not there's no sound of them breaking a sound barrier. Oh. Right. Right. They're going so fast that they should be causing heat from the air friction. Yeah. But they're often cooler than the temperatures around them. They're seamlessly transitioning between air and water. Mm-hmm. Like coming in there, they've been clocked going from 80,000 feet to sea level in less time than it takes for the radar to blip. So like less than a second. Yeah. They're doing all of this without any visual signs of propulsion. So how we, we take air in and we you know throw it out the back and that's what pushes us forward. There's no right. visible signs of that. There's yeah. no wings. There's nothing that would indicate our understanding of propulsion and how we move through space. Yeah. You're left with only a few options at this point, right? Either we have leapfrogged by a thousand years our current technology and have been keeping it secret. In Which the is States. what a lot of people say. 
some other country has done that and it's been it's the most massive failure of uh, US intelligence that's ever happened or these things are from either another planet or another dimension or us from the future something that's like non-terrestrial non-ordinary reality right which i will say I'm, i know i'm supposed to be playing the skeptic in this conversation <laughs> but i have an easier time believing that than we made this up and somehow nobody knew about it I, I know that that's like a normal theory at this point, and people are trying to, to uh, there, there's a narrative that's happening that I've been seeing come through kind of the mainstream about people saying it's crazy to think that it's aliens, it's obviously us, and I'm like, is it obvious? Because how in the world did we come up with technology that advanced? Without steps between, it's like evolution. You don't jump ahead in evolution. There's steps that there's a, there's a, there's evidence that we got there somehow, and there's no way we wouldn't know about it. Right. So that kind of brings us to the next stage of this questioning, right? Yeah. So we just kind of look at what's being reported, observed, that's been from very credible sources. Uh huh. Um, that's been verified by multiple witnesses, multiple means. Something is happening. This is the part in the, the conversation where I'm a little bit afraid we're going to lose everybody who's been <laughs> listening to us so far. If, you, if this is the if this is if this is the first episode, I just stop, go back and listen Please to go some back. more before you listen. give us a chance. We're not an insane. <laughs> um, okay, so if you kind of take all of that, mm -hmm. then the next question becomes whether or not it's from us or it's from somewhere else. Both things have very massive implications. Yes. The next question, though, is how long have we been observing them? Mm -hmm. If you just look at what was on 60 Minutes, so one of the main witnesses was Commander Fravor, and his story was about, they call it the Tic Tac UFO, because that's yeah. it looked like a Tic Tac, yeah. right? And and the cool thing about the uh, 60 Minutes piece is he actually had his, his wingman on, and she this was the first time she came out, because there were two planes. And it was the first time she came out in public because she would never wanted to be like a public figure. Right. But I had heard him talk about her in other interviews and never mm. actually said her name because he's like, I, you know, I know she doesn't want any of this attention. And so I'm not going to say who she is. But yeah, the fact that she came out for this, I thought was really cool. And uh, her reasoning behind it was she wanted to remove the stigma because it's something that we need to have a serious conversation about. Yeah. And so anyway, if, if you just take that story that happened off the coast of San Diego, that happened happened in 2004, which means 17 years have passed. Right. So even if nothing has ever been observed before that, that means it's 17 years have gone by where this, the, I mean, the reality was true then, but all this time the government has been saying nothing exists. We're not looking into it. Basically gaslighting us saying that we are the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists for even like thinking that They'd be covering something like this up. Asking the hard questions. Right. Right. And so it's been a joke mm -hmm. for a long time, really since the 70s. I was going to say the 70s, yeah. When Project Blue Book happened mm -hmm. in the late 60s. And, and basically, it was essentially a disinformation campaign because... What Having they, people in big alien suits come on stage. Are you talking about that? No, that, on was, TV? that was after the Phoenix Lights. Um, uh, okay. They had experts, the scientists, come in and debunk all of these sightings. Right. Mm. Under the guise of we're trying to find out the truth came out later, like that some things they were doing were were actually misinformation. And like they admit they admitted to it. I'm trying to that part. I'm not I'm not sure the credibility of that. Sure. Statement. Okay. So I'm right. not going to go out and say that they, I know that 
Dr. Alan Hynek, who was leading that, there was one instance where um, some people, I, I believe some people like got sick from an encounter with these things. And like, basically he said it was swamp gas. And after he stepped down, like that was the big thing that he regretted because he ended up becoming a believer. He was a huge skeptic before this. And then what he said essentially was that 90% of these things can be easily explained. But that still leaves 10% that can't. And that's a huge number because there have been hundreds of thousands of documented sightings of things. Also, I would question the 90% because I don't know if 90% of it can be explained. I don't know. I mean, at least not what they've released and that I've seen. I'm like, every single video that they show, I'm like, that can't be explained. How is that supposed to be explained? Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, there are, there are a lot of people who just don't know anything about you know, nature and they see certain things in the sky and they think that it's, it's something, but it's, it's something else, but. Okay. But hang on. I, I saw a video. Oh, was it on YouTube? No, <laughs> no, they, I don't, I mean, uh, you're man. supposed to be the skeptic here. What's okay. Happening? But I saw a video that I, it was a video that they were talking about. I'm pretty sure that this was one of the verified videos where some kind of craft. I mean, you've probably seen it. You'll be able to tell me actually. I probably sent it to you. You probably did. <laughs> the craft came up out of the woods and came across the mountain line and then oh, came at the camera, yeah, like yeah. a Star Trek then, style. Yeah. That's actually one of the most credible pieces yeah. of footage that I've seen because they, they went through in detail. They analyzed it and showed it was shot by a drone. And this was in, I think like 2019 or something, 2018. Yeah. It was shot by a drone so like and like 4k footage like really high quality footage yeah it was nice and and they they went through all the possible scenarios of what it could be and went through and did the measurements with like the parallax movement and all of these things to show why it wasn't any of those things yeah. so that was like that was really really compelling i mean that thing flew right at the drone and it was so fast yeah. and, and i was like what yeah. and, and also where was it under the trees why did it come out of the trees so many questions <laughs> i had so many questions at this video <laughs> What I think is a five if UFOs are real? Well, UFOs are real. There's unidentified flying objects, and we don't know what they are. We have proof of this. So really, the question for me is more about what are the likely possibilities and what would I think about those? So if it's someone else on our planet, like the Russians or the Chinese or somewhere else that we don't know about, then we're going to have to wrestle with the fact as Americans that we're not the leading superpower anymore, and that's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really hard for a lot of people, but ultimately, I think it'll be really interesting. Now, if it's aliens, then I can't say I would be surprised either at that, but then there's going to be a whole host of other questions on how long have they known, how long have they been here, why haven't they really revealed themselves until now. So I think as a five, I'm just going to immediately start trying to dig into and analyze everything possible about what it means and what it's going to mean and extrapolate that out into possible futures. And I don't think I would feel any sort of a sense of dread or anything. I think I would just be a lot more curious about it like huh well that's new data that we didn't have before and so now we can further our understanding of the universe the interesting thing is you know i've watched some videos of people who are supposedly they worked for air force intelligence counterintelligence Mm. In the uh, specific example of this is Richard Doty, who worked in counterintelligence for the Air Force and like operate like Department of OSI, I think is what it's called. Okay, Special Investigations, Office of Special Investigations. Mm -hmm. 
And he, now that he's no longer serving and he's out of the government, he has been for a while, he's come clean on a lot of stuff that's no longer classified. And he's talked about how he has, you know, it's really easy to put little kernels of truth with misinformation, and especially inside of something like the UFO community, and they just run with it. And all of a sudden, like, it's really easy to discredit them because they plant these things that make that are easily debunked later on it makes it look like like one, if you if you debunk one thing then it's easy to believe that none of the rest of the stuff is true but if you follow that thread of how long has this been going on right then you start looking back at you know what you're talking about with the phoenix lights where thousands of people saw them right yeah. and then they tried to explain that away and i believe the governor made like a joke out of it and was a on tv in an alien costume yep. and people were pissed because they knew that it wasn't ball lightning or swamp gas or whatever explanation. So he got a lot of ridicule and ended up kind of recanting that, but the damage was already done. And then you're in the 90s at that point, and then you you look at Bob Lazar's story, which 20-something years have gone, 30-something years have gone by since he experienced these things in, in the late 80s, early 90s. He came out with his story, I think, in like 90, 91, somewhere around in there. And his story is he was a propulsions expert and got recruited to go to, uh, I believe, S4, which is part of Area 51, and was asked to examine this craft and see how it works. And then he, what the story that he tells is that we were able to fly them ourselves. And he took his friends out to the forest when he knew that they were going to be test flights and showed them, you know, what was going on, them doing these crazy high speed maneuvers and stuff that we can do with conventional craft. And so then you're like, okay, well, do we have craft that we can fly? That's not our, own? did we reverse engineer anything? Yeah. And then you keep moving back in time and then you go like all the way back to the forties and the fifties of like the battle of Los Angeles where I want to say like the entire Navy and like they unloaded pretty much all of their ammunitions on the, the objects in the sky mm-hmm. that were just sitting there over LA that multiple, like most of LA witnessed <laughs> this stuff. Yeah. And then they tried to explain that away too. And then you go into like World War II with the Foo Fighters of these balls of light that were following these planes around. Yep. And so you just, where does it stop? Who, who has known about this? How long have people been trying to cover up? And if this, and here's the thing, if, if this is true, if this is actually part of our reality, that there are these, well, even if we don't know what they are, right? That there are these objects that defy our understanding of things like physics and aerodynamics and propulsion and all that stuff. And if that is true, and we've really been living with it all of our lives, but we've been told that it's not true. What the fuck else is true? Like, that's what's been breaking my brain is that I can't not extrapolate that out to like, what else have I been believing all my life was complete bullshit. And now I am questioning everything. Yeah. Is Bigfoot real? Is, (laughs) but these things that just have never fully made sense, but there's a whole other piece to this and kind of where, where I'm going with this, where the downside, we as fives love to think of ourselves as independent thinkers. Mm -hmm. And that's true in a sense, because we like to ask the hard questions, but there's a flip side of that, which is our biggest fear is being seen as incompetent. Yeah. And there's this thing that can overpower the independent thinking. And that's the ridicule factor. We can't undercount that. (laughs) Because if you go back in time, there was a time not too long ago where people were ridiculed for trying to say that germs were a thing. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Sure. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And it's pretty 
arrogant of us to think that we have even like a fraction of reality figured out at this point. But we still get trapped in this place where we're afraid to pull some of those threads if we have bought into kind of the mainstream story or understanding of how reality is, because unless we have what we consider a foolproof understanding and can come across, which we hardly ever really feel like that's possible, right? Right. And unless we have that, it's going to be difficult for us to keep pushing forward and moving on because we're afraid that we're going to be thought of as stupid or incompetent. And there's a lot for that, especially in the ego side, there's a lot riding on that for us. It's, and I, I would say, especially because we tend to be in more scientific fields as fives on average, I think. And so then our careers could even be tied to that. Right. And it's almost like a grand illusion where I've seen it. Cause, and, I, and I say this speaking from experience where like that is <laughs> this has been my I feel like I'm starting to come out of an illusion where I thought, you know, I'm I'm smart enough to not fall into the trap of thinking that UFOs are real or a thing or whatever. And now my whole world's being turned upside down. I think this is a good place to tell a story. OK, do it. I think that it's a it's a good story. It's a story I've lived with my entire life and had to try to figure out what it means. Okay. It's not it's not a first account, but it is a really close proximity story. So my family loves to go to St. George Island in Florida. It's uh, in the Gulf. And I, I want to say this is a, a place where there have been a lot of UFO, UFO sightings kind of across the Gulf. But when I was a kid, maybe nine or 10 years old, my parents were up. They were both awake, sober, sitting on the uh, kind of the, the deck that overlooked the ocean, sitting out there by themselves. And where this is, there's no street lights. There's no city lights. You're miles and miles away from everything. So it's really dark. You can see the Milky Way very clearly. Everything's very, very dark there. Sounds awesome. It's great. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's also, there's no sound there except for the waves. And it's the Gulf, so it's not that big of waves. It's pretty mm -hmm. really, really quiet. So one night, my parents are sitting out there. They're looking out in the ocean and as you do, you're looking out in the ocean and just kind of, kind of gazing out. Well, all of a sudden my dad sees this light. What is that? They can't figure out what it is. It's like a golden yellow light. They can't figure out what it is. It's way out in the ocean. Looks pretty big. They're like, well, maybe it's a boat. Okay. They keep watching it and it kind of moves up away from the, moves up away from the horizon, not a boat. Then three of them appear in different succinct patterns. One, two, three, one, two, three off. And they do a few different patterns. My dad's gonna correct me if I'm telling this story wrong later. Um, but this <laughs> is how I remember it. I've thought about this my entire life. And then, so they see it happening. Then without any sound, when, when, the moment the lights go off, cross the sky in a different place, go on, come off. Then they all three come on right above them. Right above them, no sound, what? no nothing, cannot figure out what to do. They're looking at it as as quickly as they're looking at it and start to ask the question of what the fuck is that? Lights go off, no sound. They're gone forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never told you that story. No, you've never told me the story. <laughs> so my entire life. Were you I've waiting for this conversation to tell me the kind story? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I knew it would come up in in, in uh, organically. Um, <laughs> Twelve years in the making. <laughs> this happened, and they told me about it. I remember. I mean, it was it was a few years later. My and my dad telling me this story. I mean, I could just see it in his face. He had no idea what it was. It was just it. 
And so every time I see videos of lights in the sky that do the same patterns and the same things, I think of my dad's story who told me this before videos were surfacing on the internet right. with these lights. Right. It isn't like he made it up or saw it somewhere, you know? Yeah. Very strange. Can't figure that one out. And, you know, he, you know, of course he thought it's, you know, he's a five. He thought aircraft of some sort, that something's going on, but how do you explain it traveling from one place to another without any sound and then being right over him with no sound and then going away? I don't know. Can't explain that. Don't know the answers. I, I don't even know what to do with that. You know? Yeah. Like, what do you do with, that i don't <laughs> because i mean you kind of logically have a few options right, right. you've yeah. got okay what they saw was some sort of optical illusion sure what they saw was i believe it was a new moon too i believe there was no moon in the sky so it was a dark sky uh, okay they're liars and they're making it up right that's yeah. another option they were on acid and they you know right yeah or or they legitimately saw something that was produced by a means that we don't understand. Well, UFOs are re real, unidentified flying objects, but SETI, which scans the skies for any kind of consciousness that's coming to the earth has never felt anything except in the movie contact so there's no other consciousness that's coming from space all consciousness and source of anything of any kind of consciousness comes from earth and humans so even though unidentified flying objects exist their explanation is not a mystery it's always human created it could be just kind of space junk falling to earth and if it were a flying object maybe it had some aerodynamic qualities for that space junk and it will be seen as an identi unidentified flying object you know i talked about extrapolating out kind of the the first question is like how long has this stuff been going on right right and you can really at that thread for a long ass time all the way back to like the origin of the human species <laughs> um, if you really want to sure which we're not going to go down that path but the other question is what does it mean for our future and and there's a piece of this too like bob lazar is not the only one who has stories like credible accounts of us reverse engineering this technology and so then you've got to ask okay let's let's just play a thought experiment around let's say that's true let's say that at least a portion of these crafts are either human made or human controlled based on alien technology or something mm -hmm. crazy like that right let's walk that out a bit if you just go off of like bob lazar's story we've had this since the 80s yeah. So let's think about that for a minute. If you look at what the craft can do, the technology that would be involved in that would solve all of our major problems today, <laughs> right? Okay. So we would be able to have the ability to transport anything from any point on the planet to another point in the, on the planet in seconds or minutes, right? That takes care of all of our logistics, literally connects us all globally where we can get anywhere and we could go have dinner in China tonight if we wanted, right? And be back in time for bed. Right. So if you think about the energy source it would require to do that sort of thing. Yeah. That fixes all of our fossil fuel burning problems. Right. Mm -hmm. We've got, say, zero point energy 
where we're able to create these devices that generate more power than it takes, you know, which is supposedly not possible with physics. And so like an arc reactor. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't we have Iron Man yet? (laughs) (laughs) Let's, let's say that this stuff is true. Why has it been hidden? Like, why is it not part of our everyday reality? Yeah. And that's the part that like, to me is really messed up. Because if you go down the path of the government or a faction inside the government, that's probably become more corporate than anything at this point. Right. Like if you go down that path, man, I I really sound like a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) (laughs) This is a thought experiment, everybody. If you really go down that path and, and think about the great links that it would take to keep something like this a reality, they would have to be embedded in our media, in Hollywood, inside of like the scientific community and academia in order to shape the narrative that keeps people in that ridicule line, right? Right. And there are all kinds of stories about technologies that have been invented that are electrogravitic, that basically gravity control and the idea of like a zero point energy or cars that run on water or sound that heals cancer and just like crazy stuff like that. Right. And this is a really weird phenomenon, but like the story is always like the government comes and takes it away and nobody hears about it again. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like always a story. And I don't know if that's like a meme that we generated as a society in order to help us understand things that don't make sense, or if there's actually like any a kind of kernel of truth a in kernel there. Kernel of truth in there. Yeah, that's the thing that that drives me crazy. And as a five, I want to know what's true. I want to know as much about reality as I can. And that's why politics for the, the longest time, I want nothing to do with it because it's just, you can't know what's true in politics, right? Right. And any kind of secretive government narrative, I don't really want to do anything with that because that's another thing. Like you're just never going to know the truth. Yeah. And that drives me insane. <laughs> I, I can't sit on that for too long because I just, it drives me crazy. I can't deal with it. <laughs> I get it. I'm the same way as you, except add a layer of anxiety in there that makes you spiral out of control. And that's me. (laughs) I kind of like the nihilism of it, of just like we're all fucked and the government's, we're we're all just puppets to this global cabal that is manipulating (laughs) us. And and so, I mean, everything's meaningless. All right, cool. Well, kernel of truth, right? (laughs) (laughs) i'm weirdly kind of okay with that like yeah i mean i would be okay with that because it's an answer yeah even if i know who the bad guy is at least there's a bad guy and i know who it is right and that is the other dangerous part of this is because we're so good at piecing things together and connecting these dots right when i started going down this path i'm like if this is true this makes everything in the world make so much more sense yeah right And that's a scary place to be because the narrative around that is our brains are really good at finding patterns. I mean, our our brains are are pattern recognition machines. Like that's basically what they are, right? And they take in sensory like input data, they recognize patterns, and then they essentially construct in real time a hallucination that we perceive as the reality around us, right? (laughs) Right. And so as fives, we're especially attuned to that, I think. And so when we can start connecting the dots, it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. But the narrative is that because, because that's like, that's part of a, that's a feature, right? But it can also be a bug where like we see patterns where there are no patterns. Right. And we want to see patterns. And so it's really easy then to, to dismiss that as 
That's just my brain trying to convince me of a pattern to help me make sense and create meaning in the world where there is no pattern and meaningless. But the flip side of that then is, well, is that just a narrative that's been woven into our society to kind of keep us from asking those questions and connecting those dots? And that's when my brain goes into overdrive and just like shuts down. (laughs) I would say no, that's not. I don't think that's a narrative that's been fed to you. Okay, but here's the scary part. If that's the case... We're all human, so who's behind? Who's the person behind the curtain? Oh, don't go, don't get me down that path, right? Because <laughs> they're doing it too, right? Like that means by feeding. Well, I don't. It's hard. We're getting into a loop. It's getting into a loop. It's coming full circle. No matter yes. what, no matter what I say, it's going to come back around. I will say this: like the the mainstream media, even if you view yourself as someone that's outside of mainstream. The mainstream media has a huge influence on all of us and society and how it functions. And it is not an infallible system. And I would argue that it, at its worst, it's kind of broken and corrupt. And I'll give you, so if we can, we can, let's set aside the UFO thing for a second. And let's look at something else that's coming into mainstream discourse after a year of being completely ridiculed. And that is the COVID lab leak hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone has not been following this, Essentially, there was this really weird coincidence where COVID first showed up in Wuhan, which where do they have the, the center home of for, <laughs> yeah, like the Institute of Virology or whatever it is that's studying coronaviruses and doing game of fun- gain of function research on them to essentially try to make them gain things that will make them more, more infectious. Yeah. And they're messing with the virus. They're messing with the viruses in order that the logic behind that is that they want to be able to predict what, how these things will evolve so that we can get ahead of them and prevent a pandemic. That is what they tell us. Right. So that's that is the, the narrative. That's the narrative, right? Yeah. And of course, this thing got politicized right out of the gate. And one figure said something about it. And, mm-hmm. and then the other side instantly was like, if you think that there's anything to the lab lake hypothesis, you're a racist. And then the mainstream scientists kind of came out and said, there's absolutely nothing to the lab leak hypothesis. We are confident that this came from, it came naturally through some other organisms mm-hmm. and involved in that because there were, there were really peculiar things about this virus where it was instantly like really easily transmissible between humans. Right. And that's not something you really find in nature unless it's had a chance to jump to another organism that's closer to us and then jump over to us. Yeah. And they've been looking for that and they haven't been able to find it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, obviously, that the, like, it's a hypothesis, right? Yeah. But for a year, you were not allowed to talk about this. And you were essentially, like, I follow a few scientists who I find very credible. And they've been talking about this from the beginning and why. And they actually showed, like, this is the argument why I think we should be at least looking into this and taking it seriously as a credible hypothesis. And they were ridiculed for the entire year and called conspiracy theorists, called, like, you know, right wing nut jobs called all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And all they were doing is asking the questions and trying to raise a concerns around like there's some actual legitimate things we need to address here because we're not talking about it. And it's only now 
after certain people are out of office that we can, <laughs> uh, we can bring this up in, you know, polite society now that there's like, now that the mainstream media has kind of come on board and, and stuff calmed popped, down a little bit. Yeah. It popped up in the New York times or popped up here or there. Like the, the problem is this was always something we should have taken seriously and looked into. Yes. But the narrative that was created by mainstream media put into it a culture of ridicule. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to pull apart what's going on and you realize that the people who are leading the charge of this came from nature, this was not a lab leak, those people were the ones who had the most to lose by getting rid of gain of function research because mm. they're the ones with the big grants or they're the ones who are handing out the big grants and they're huge advocates of this. And then one of them who was the only person on the report that was handed from, from China over to WHO, the only American that was part of that group was the one person who whose institution was doing like this sort of, of like he had, they had the most to lose right from, from this being like it's total conflict of interest, like yeah. total conflict of interest. But it was so weird to see because these people were respected mm-hmm. in the scientific community. A bunch of people in the scientific community rallied around them and didn't ask the hard questions. Yeah. Or at least not publicly. They didn't ask the hard questions. Yeah. That's probably fair to say. And, not publicly. Yeah. And so, but that's just as important because what else is that happening with? Right. It, it'd be really naive to think that this is just a, a isolated, s- incident. An isolated incident. Yeah. Where else is this happening? I mean, I don't think it's, it's an unreasonable assumption to say that probably happens more often than not. Then you kind of, you have to get like you, you're breaking, breaking it all down to the point of like, who can I actually trust? Like, what is real? Like, what, how do I know? Like, what is, cause I mean, I'm not a scientist. I don't have the skills or the experience to be able to like decipher any of this myself. I have to listen to the experts. How do I do that? And how can I possibly do that for everything that impacts my life in the world? Like that's yeah. so Look, exhausting. Looking at the data that's and knowing so where the bias exa- is. Like that, it's a full-time job. Well, and I think too, you know, it's a whole, it's, it's exhausting in and of itself anyway. I think that there is a lot going on there when it comes to what, what people are keeping from us. I do, I can't imagine being on the other side of it and, and having to deal with a coming from it from a different perspective too. Yeah. Maybe it's not all nefarious. No, I'm not saying that it is. I mean, they're having yeah. to deal with a public who every time something crazy happens, toilet paper and gas no, goes missing, I, you know? I, I like yeah, totally get you. Yeah. They, you know, whether they're going to release information or not, they have to do it in such a way that we don't lose our fucking minds and all of the society collapses in <laughs> response to some crazy revelation because all we had to hear was that, you know, recently, what was the, the gas apocalypse from oh two weeks God. ago that lasted yeah. two days? You know, and that was all because people just bought too much of something all at once because they freaked out because everybody's in apocalypse mode right now. And they were since last year, since the toilet paper incident. And every time something like that happens, I always think, wow, no, do we not think for ourselves? Like we really are a hive mind that just has certain triggers and alar- alarms that go off and everybody just like does the same thing, even though regardless of the, the logical aspect of it. I mean, cause I didn't, you know, I didn't go out and buy gas. I waited until the gas was out and then it came back two days later. I didn't go out and buy toilet paper. I used what I had and I, yeah, I got a little dire there towards the end, <laughs> <laughs> but it came back after a supply came back. It's, 
I don't understand it, but I, I can't imagine being on the other side and knowing certain um, bits of information and going, how do we tell them? Like, how do we tell them? Yeah. Because they might lose their minds. And then what do we do? Yeah. And then coming back around to the UFO thing, I can see how that probably started that way. Let's say, for instance, the first time really we got involved as the United States government was the Roswell incident. Let's mm-hmm. say that that's real. Sure. If you think about the timing of that, it's right on the heels of World War II. We're like going into the Cold War with Russia and we don't know what this thing is. Want to figure it out. We think it might be the Russians. We don't really know, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want them to get it if it isn't the Russians. And so there's all this secrecy. And and if you look at when the intelligence community started up, it was around this time. That I could see as an initial logical reasoning of like where we were at as a society, we probably could not have handled something like aliens are real and here's the proof, right? Right. I think at this point, we could handle it. I mean, yeah, across the board, both sides of the of the aisle, as far as politics go and, and just people in general, both sides... Both sides of the of the aisle say they're for the idea of aliens and knowing or, more about them. Or disclosure of some sort, right? Some kind of disclosure. Which which is like brings us to where we are. It's a unifying <sighs> tool. It's so weird, yeah. being real would probably send me into a couple week long stint of learning everything I know about them. As a five, I always find new subjects and try and find out as much info as possible, no matter what it is, if it's a new topic or something someone introduces me to. I'm always looking for new information on the subject, and I don't think UFOs would be in any different. I think it helps me fill the desire of being seen as competent, and the announcement that UFOs are real would probably send me racing to know anything and everything I can find about it just in case it ever came up in conversation, I guess. So the the big COVID bill that was passed in December weirdly included this what do you call it, an addendum or something where, this is how much I know about like legislation and politics, (laughs) right? But In that bill was included basically a directive by the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee for the Pentagon to produce a report. Mm -hmm. But there's a report that's coming and they gave them 180 days. And so in June, I believe the end of June 2021, which is very soon when we're having this conversation. As as we're having this conversation, recording Um, it. At some point in the next few weeks, there's going to be a report generated. I'm kind of in the camp that it'll be a big nothing burger for the most part, like nothing that I hadn't heard before. And it probably wouldn't, at least with the part that gets released to the public. Yeah. For those living under a rock in the the UFOs world, it'll be a huge thing. Right. And that's kind of what's been part of this whole, like the 60 Minutes piece and some other mainstream outlets that have picked this up. It's all very high level surface stuff to me at this point because right. i've been down the rabbit hole for a long time <laughs> yeah but um but for people who weren't even like it wasn't even on the radar like it's, it's really really big news and the fact that we're having this conversation at this 
level is really strange to me, especially because I've seen, I've seen this happen. So there's this whole push for what they call disclosure. And that's been happening for a long time. It's been a big push for decades. Yeah. And, um, and it feels like it's all coming to a head. And the big question to me that I'm just, I keep mulling over is like, why now? Yeah. Why confirm those videos in 2020 in the, in like the height of a pandemic? What was going on? Yeah, th- there's no way that it, nothing, nothing it's, like that happens at that level so, happens by accident. It's so weird too, because it happened and it was like a blip on the radar. Like hardly right. anyone even noticed, which is another like weird thing. It's almost like they're testing, kind of leaking it slowly, kind of testing the waters to see how it's received. Yeah. And now it's at a point where they're like really bringing it into like bringing it to a boil. Well, sure. And like, will the report say, will it be a whole bunch of fluff with like, again, kernels of, of some new truth yeah, in there no, that no. people may grasp onto or not. And they'll see, they're going to, maybe they'll see how it respond, how we, how we respond. Who knows? I'm interested to see it for sure. Yeah. And I've also thought like the weird thing, and I don't want to get into this because this is like the weeds, the way far the weeds, but there are, there are kind of warring factions within the disclosure movement where there there's one side that's saying that aliens are real and that we have a way to contact them and that they're peaceful and that disclosure is up to us. And then there's the other side that people who are kind of in at the forefront of this disclosure movement within the mainstream media who have pushed the 60 minutes piece and pushed the New York Times piece. And the narrative there is we don't know what these are, but they could be a threat and we need to treat them seriously. And so it's this weird kind of we're trying to control the narrative. Let's just say that part of the intelligence community has has been behind the cover up of this for 70 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, how, like how do you at this point bring it to the public without just like discrediting yourself? Destro- well, destroying all of like democracy. That's like, what I mean, like discrediting your <laughs> reputation anyway. Like of being like, yeah, you can trust us. Yeah. By the way, we've been holding this for you from you for, you know, on going on a hundred years, <laughs> but, but let's say there's like a, there's like a false flag alien invasion where it looks like we need to respond. And all of a sudden we have this new technology that we can combat it with. And then after that sounds all like of a that, summer blockbuster right I there, know, right? I know. Right. <laughs> Which also is a whole other conversation around like, does Hollywood, uh, is it reflecting reality or is it trying to control the narrative or is it trying to like essentially I've thought about that before. Yeah. Like, like if I, I'm just thinking like what I like to do is thought experiments where I put myself in the, the shoes of the person who's okay. Let's say that I wanted to make UFOs a topic of ridicule. How might I do that? Hollywood is a very, very useful tool for that because I could subtly influence what people are like, what, what stories people are consuming. Mm-hmm. And if they get hints of that in the real world, like, oh, I saw that in a movie. That's not real. All right. Like it, it makes it seem way more ridiculous because we've been fed these stories for decades that are outlandish and over the top. But like, I don't know what to think about that, you know, because that's a really interesting theory. I mean, I'm sure that there's plenty of holes you could poke in it, but that's the kind of stuff that like, this is, this is where my brain goes all the time. You know where my brain goes when you start having thought experiments where? out loud? You sound a lot like the detective in V for Vendetta <laughs> at the climax of the movie when he goes, it's just a thought, but, and then he explains the entire 
<laughs> he goes, what if this happened because this happened and this happened is because this happened. Right. And he lays out all of V's plans and goes all the way back through all the people that were guilty of, of hiding things from the public. It's kind of funny. It's, it's yeah. you, you sound a lot, like, a lot like the detective. Yeah. And I know how crazy I sound and it's okay because like I said, it's not like I believe this stuff. It's more like I'm observing and I think after this episode to... you're going to have to convince a lot of people you don't believe it. <laughs> well, our community is about to light up about this. As far as UFOs go, I'm about 95% sure that there's life on other planets. I'm also a Christian, so those two convictions together can keep me thinking forever. I guess I'd have more questions than thoughts on them. Like, did they fall too? Are they broken and an absolute mess like us? I mean, what's their society even like? Like, is it matriarchal, patriarchal? Is gender even a thing? Do they have government? I mean, what would they think if they met us? You know, like what kind of blind spots do we have? To our own nature and our own society that they would see immediately. I would just love to talk to some or just watch some interact with each other. I'm sure our society would implode if we ever actually had to interact with aliens. We barely have enough room for other humans who don't look like us. So how would we function with aliens? I think of that movie Arrival. It would all be so interesting. I think there'd be a lot of opportunity to learn a lot about ourselves. Here's the thing, like I'll watch because I don't just watch like one source. Like I watch debunking stuff, and I'm right. like, are they making a compelling case? Weirdly, at this point, most of the time they don't. Every once in a while they do, and I'm like, okay. So let's just go back to the drawing board. Like, what do I actually know is verifiable? And I know that at the very least, the Pentagon confirmed these videos. And so I kind of that's kind of like my anchor that I keep coming back to of like, okay, I'm not completely crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> So let's go back. So I just kind of like construct and deconstruct and reconstruct this thing over and over and over again. It doesn't really get me anywhere, but it's sometimes it's a whole lot of fun. Sometimes I'm like, I just need to stop and take a break because I'm going. But as you said, because you're a five, you can't stop now. I can't. You've pulled the thread. I can't. So no matter where you get, if it doesn't make sense, you hit a dead end, you got to start over, but you can't just leave it, right. leave it on the table once you've started over and go, well, okay, I didn't figure it out. Now you have to reconstruct again. Yeah. I need to come to some kind of uh, conclusion. <laughs> what that is, I don't know. Well, chances are because of our audience, you've done that to at least a percentage of <laughs> other people now. <laughs> I'm not pulling the thread alone at this point. Yeah. You're uh, helping other people. You're helping other people find the thread. <laughs> no, I, you know, and, and kind of going back to your story too. It's not just about UFOs, right? I've experienced things personally in my life that I just can't reconcile with my rational mind. Yeah. I've gone through all of the options and that's been really hard for me to grapple with because I, I tend to think of my rational mind as almost something separate from me, right? Yeah, or, or like maybe even like my identity, my body, my spirit, if there's a thing, right? Those things are just, the, they're the vessels that kind of carry my rational mind around. <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the point I want to make in all of this is that you know, we tend to get trapped in this dualistic mindset of 
either this is rational or irrational mm -hmm. or this is real or it's fake or this is you know, right or wrong, right or wrong, whatever these things are. The times when I have felt like I have uncovered glimpses of true reality are the times when I get rid of that duality. I guess I stop trying to rationalize everything and I stop trying to, to essentially use my rational mind to cancel out all the other pieces of me and instead integrate my rational mind into the other pieces of me. If right. that makes sense. Yeah. And, and that's when I feel the most, it sounds kind of cheesy, but like that's when I feel the most kind of connected with the universe where I can get to a place where I'm not, I'm not shutting my rational mind off. Like I'm not shutting my brain off. Like I, I'm still have these capabilities of reasoning and, and all this stuff. And I don't want to shut those things off. I don't want to be like this <laughs> automaton, like, you know, I not, can't think for myself at all, right. but I also want to recognize the limits of my capabilities. Even if I don't like those limits and I want to, I want to pretend like they're not there and my healthiest, I'm recognizing those limits and realizing that there is, it would be really arrogant of me to think that there's not a reality outside of what I can perceive and just be open to that and see if I can experience some of it. And, and I've had experiences that in some way, even if it's purely subjective has kind of validated some of that for me, but it requires me to integrate my rational mind into my body and into an, a more like spiritual kind of yeah. uh, experience. And so that's where I've kind of come around to with all of this and weirdly the UFO phenomenon <laughs> helped me get there. I don't know what to say, man. I mean, I can, I can see that. I want to believe in aliens the same way I want to believe in ghosts. Uh, they're, they're the same to me in that what they do for me is beneficial if they are real or true, because I desperately want to believe there's something more than just what we have, what what's in front of me. I want to believe that there's more than just the humanity that we experience in this life. Ghosts could be a whole thing. It could be parallel dimensions rubbing up against each other. It could be spirits that leave the body and roam around energy not yet used reused and recycled by the universe who knows what it is but aliens existing a true physical evidence of something existing beyond this world and beyond this what we have always known to be the only thing that's true and real whether we want to admit it or not and then to have this thing in front of us this this being or this thing that says hey you didn't even scratch the surface. It's you're not even beyond the tip of the iceberg. Like you're, you're, you don't even know, like you're, you're talking about a grain of sand on a beach right now. And for a five, that's a playground. Yeah. That's, that's heaven. That's a utopia right there. <laughs> because as soon as that door is opened, if it's ever opened, every five on the planet will rejoice and say, we have now an, a, a, a thousand lifetimes worth of information to try to learn all at once. Oh, that sounds amazing. And that's why we're talking about this right now, because we like to hypothesize. We like to think about the idea of there being more than more than what we have and something to be a part of something bigger than what we what we have always been a part of. And I think that that's something that is worth marveling in, reveling in, taking a deep dive into as crazy as it may sound. We can sit here for an hour and talk about it. And at the end of the day, go, you know. Maybe it's real and maybe it's not. And if it is, awesome. And if it's not, I mean, we still had a good time talking about it. Yeah. What does real even mean these days? 
<laughs> Who knows? So many, there's so many stories. There's so many stories and so many things that I didn't even, we didn't even talk about. I yeah. did, but all that to say, I've heard a lot of crazy shit in my life yeah. that I don't have answers for. And yeah. I desperately want to believe is true because if, if there's something beyond the physical that we have the answers for, if we, even one or two things that are massive things we don't have the answer for are true, then what else is true? And what else do we not know? And we already know that we don't know a hell of a lot. So I think it's worth asking the hard questions. At the end of the day, whether it's true or not, I think asking the hard questions is the important part of what you should take away from this conversation. Don't be afraid to ask the hard questions and uh, be open to the answer. Love it. Yeah. That's a wrap. (laughs) Hey, it's Cody. And I wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode. I also want to give a special thanks to our community members who shared their voice with us. If you enjoyed this episode and you're the type of person who likes helping others, would you do us a favor and share it with other people like you? If you found value in this conversation, they will too. If anything in this conversation has resonated with you, or if you have any further thoughts or questions, I want to invite you to join our community of other people like you and continue the conversation at Enneagram5.com. 